Welcome to the Species Hall of Fame. This is Quentin Wheeler. When the only tool that you have is a hammer, as the saying goes, everything looks like a nail. Catering to the limited toolboxes of geneticists and ecologists has directly contributed to the decline of systematic biology. Recognizing the hammers that they wield helps explain why geneticists are driven to replace so-called descriptive taxonomy with sequence data and why ecologists would willingly accept DNA barcodes in the place of informative descriptions and testable hypotheses of species based on all available evidence. Too many taxonomists are compliant with these trends, finding it easier to secure grant money and enjoy acceptance by betraying the integrity of their own science. But these two approaches, pursued without an independent taxonomy, miss a critically important part of the story of life. The picture revealed by DNA sequences is at too small of a scale to appreciate the emergent properties of species, including fantastically improbable morphological structures. Molecular data can identify species, assuming certain conditions are met, and assess relationships, but at a level removed from the complex attributes that make species unique and interesting, thus missing the point of taxonomy. Homo sapiens is not interesting because its DNA includes 1.23% human-specific single nucleotide alterations, or because it differs from the chimpanzee by about 3% of its genome when more extended deletions and insertions are counted. Homo sapiens is fascinating because of emergent complexity, from morphological alterations to an enlarged brain, upright gait, and a innate curiosity that created and pursues science. Biologists have arrived late to the reductionist party and seem committed to an approach that was popular a century ago in other sciences. Physicists, who once tried to explain what exists by breaking it down into its elemental pieces, have since learned that complete understanding, at scales from the subatomic to the universe, depends also on the study of emergent properties of complexity. The differences between the surfaces of Venus and Mars cannot be understood with a reductionist approach, as each has borne a unique history which has left its scars. Planetary science requires detailed descriptions and comparisons of the attributes which make each planet unique, as well as noting properties shared by planets in common. It is now widely understood that emergent properties of complex entities and systems cannot be deduced from their components. They are, quite literally, more than the sum of their parts. The current emphasis on DNA data denies this fact. We need not go down the rabbit hole of reductionism, which is, of course, a valid approach for other kinds of questions when we can embrace the comparative study and interpretation of morphological and other complex attributes of living things in order to explore and understand the diversity of species and its origins. It is imperative that we understand the genomic underpinnings of biodiversity, of course, but this need not be at the expense of exploring emergent attributes associated with complexity. 
Genetics exists to work out this reductionist aspect of biodiversity. Taxonomy exists to discover details of emergent diverse forms that exist and of the history that explains them. One is no more important or necessary than the other, and neither alone is sufficient to learn what we ought to know. Systematics' mission has been clear for centuries and is no less relevant, fascinating, or important today. But it is distinctly different from the mission of genetics, in spite of what DNA barcoders may tell you. The picture revealed by ecologists is at too large a scale to expose what makes species and clades most fascinating. It uses key species and certain measures, such as carbon inputs and outputs, to understand ecosystems as functioning wholes. It is crucially important to do so in order to understand how the biosphere works. But divorced from systematics, it robs us of the opportunity for a close-up, detailed account of the elements of the systems being studied, as well as their evolutionary origins. Without a complete accounting of species in an ecosystem, we are robbed of the option for deeper, more detailed studies of species interactions and their consequences. In contrast, when it comes to understanding kinds of living things, the picture revealed by taxonomy, knowledge of the species that exist, the characters that make each unique, the synapomorphy shared as a result of common ancestry, and the cladograms and classifications that provide a summary of it all, is neither too small nor too large, but just right. Systematics represents a Goldilocks zone for understanding kinds of organisms and their attributes. And, unlike genetics and ecology that study how the contemporary world functions, taxonomy probes the evolutionary, historical roots of the diverse and complex characters of species. Systematics occupies a sweet spot in the study of life, bridging genetic mechanisms, evolutionary history, and functions of the biosphere. The richly diverse and unexpectedly novel and complex attributes of species that taxonomists discover, describe, and explain are among the most fascinating things about life on Earth and are emergent attributes inaccessible by reductionism. Were our planet populated instead by 10 million kinds of bacteria, each identical in appearance, neither their exploration nor the reconstruction of their evolutionary history would hold much interest. Taxonomists focus specifically on unexpected, complex characters of species, describing them, comparing them, and interpreting them in their historical context. They generate knowledge necessary to understand both the ultimate products of genomes and epigenetic forces and the components that make ecosystems function. Taxonomists recognize our understanding of life is incomplete without all three of these levels of perspective. Taxonomists, recognizing their importance, enthusiastically support genetics and ecology. But for a complex set of reasons, more sociological than scientific, such appreciation of and support for taxonomy are only rarely reciprocated. Instead, systematics is treated as though it exists merely as a service to further the aims of other biologists. As a result, its aims, theories, and methods are being undermined by myopic colleagues who selfishly and foolishly care only that their own needs for taxonomic information are met.
Of these three scales of perspective, only systematics is singled out for neglect, insult, and second-class citizenship. Systematics' unique need for whole specimens preserved in museum collections is dismissed as old-fashioned and low-tech. But this comes at a huge expense, paid in ignorance of the emergent attributes of species that make them most fascinating. The neglect of taxonomy at a time of mass extinction is nothing short of scientific malpractice. Unlike gene and ecosystem functions, which will continue to be studied during and long after the current mass extinction event, taxonomic exploration has a fast-approaching sell-by date. Millions of species that we do not collect, describe, and classify in coming decades will never be known, forever diminishing our understanding of biodiversity and evolutionary history. For the Species Hall of Fame, I'm Quentin Wheeler. Thank you.